I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a Monday afternoon, recapping a game that just ended. Well, it feels like it just ended. A seven-hour slog uh, in a win for the Iowa Hawkeyes over Nevada. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about things uh, that have occurred since then and look ahead a little bit as we get into Big Ten play. Thank you so much for listening. Apologies that I didn't get you an instant reaction podcast in the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. Uh, I did hear a couple of people were able to do that, so shout out to them. And shout out to you if you uh, stayed inside Kinnick Stadium, first of all, or you know returned for, uh, for, for the end of that game. It feels like that's going to be one of those things where – you know, five or ten years from now, uh, twenty thousand people will claim that they, oh yeah, I was there. I stayed the whole time. I saw the guy with the dog, and uh, you know, I, I was told by security that the game had ended, and I, I came back, and and really it was a, you know a few hundred people, maybe a couple thousand people uh, were in Kinnick Stadium at what about one forty-five when I completed the twenty-seven to nothing shutout win over Nevada. So shout out to you if you stayed up and uh, and stayed in Iowa City and were at that game. And, and a shout out to you even if you stayed at home and stayed awake long enough to watch that game on TV. I will admit uh, that, you know, having had a couple of drinks during the game, um, I w- was laying in bed watching the game on my phone, streaming the game. And I don't know when it happened, but I know that I woke up Sunday morning with the phone in my hand. Uh, a dead phone in my hand, <laughs> a, an AirPod in my ear, and uh, having no idea at what point I dozed off finally in that fourth quarter. Uh, I was able to see Caleb Johnson and his big run, a couple of his big runs, both of his big runs, uh, and that was an exciting part of that game, man. He is a uh, he's he's quite a, a freshman, quite an athlete. You can tell just his running style, even in the uh, the on on the radio, the Dolphin Eddie radio version from Learfield. They both commented after that fifty-five yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter. And man, he just glides, right? It's it's almost effortless. Like it doesn't look like he's running as hard as he can, and yet there he is running faster than anybody else on the field. His first touchdown run in the first quarter, where he broke a tackle and then really just beat a safety to the uh, the pylon. Um, the kid is special, and it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what he can do, what the offensive line can do with him. But him as part of this running attack, now that Gavin Williams is back, um, hopefully LaShawn Williams will will be back in the fold uh, this week. He missed the game against Nevada uh, because his father passed away, and he was back home attending the funeral. So thoughts and prayers to that young man and his family. What a tough situation. We've been through a lot of those tough situations in, in Hawkeye Nation uh, over the last couple of years, so shout out to him. But uh, really nice to see Caleb Johnson uh, do what he did on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and um, it's just going to be kind of fun to see how he progresses in his time here as an Iowa Hawkeye. Um, 
a lot of conversation since the end of that game. Well, I'll start here. A lot of conversation before that game was, can Iowa's offense do anything? Uh, can Spencer Petrus do anything to kind of make you feel confident moving forward? And I think a big answer to that was was no. Was no matter what happens against Nevada, uh, whether you score you know fourteen points, you're going to be disappointed. If you score a hundred points, you're going to think, why? We ha- where has this been? Or it was just against a bad Nevada team. Da 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 da. So. It certainly wasn't maybe everything you hoped it would be, but there there were definitely signs of progress. And uh, I think you have to feel a little bit better moving forward than you did. You have to feel better than you did last Monday, right? At the very least, the, the team moved the ball. The team got into the end zone. Spencer Peach just threw a touchdown. Great play by Arlen Bruce to adjust and uh, and make that happen. But uh, you have to feel better overall about the offense than you did a week ago. Maybe not perfect, certainly not perfect, right? And we'll we'll discuss kind of the things that need to change and the things that maybe have changed and the things that definitely won't change. But you feel a little bit better. You hope that wasn't the type of game that can give Spencer Petras some confidence. And, you know, I'll, I'll say tip of the cap to Kirk Ferentz, not for being stubborn and keeping Spencer Petras in there, but, you know, he took a lot of crap, especially after the Cyhawk game when he said that, they didn't have enough information to assess uh, to assess Spencer Petras fully yet, and I think I think we saw why that that's the case, why they believe that uh, on on Saturday night, because when you have a full stable of, of wide receivers and you can't expect Keegan Johnson and Nico Ritagini to be a hundred percent back, you know, to to game speed after not playing for as long as they had, and for Keegan not even practicing since December, reportedly. Uh, but just having them out there helped spread the field a little bit. They were able to take some deep shots. Now, they didn't hit on those deep shots, uh, but Spencer threw a good ball. There were a couple that should have been caught. Um, you know, there, there's some chemistry issues with Brody Brecht and, and some of the younger wide receivers that uh, need to get resolved and hopefully will throughout the course of the season. But Spencer was able to, to throw the ball deep. And, uh, you know, he had a little bit more time. He was a little bit more confident in the pocket. You could tell his footwork his body mechanics, his kind of fundamental things that have been the reason he's not been good because he's good in practice and he's good at the Manning camp and all of that. Uh, all of those fundamentals seem to disappear during the games. That didn't really happen on Saturday night, or at least not nearly as much. And so you feel good about that. You hope that with another week under the belt of, of kind of working with these guys, with these guys getting healthy, uh, and hopefully Keegan Johnson getting healthy. We'll talk about that because he is not on the depth chart for Rutgers, although the depth chart certainly doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, you hope that that is going to to, to then uh, extend into this Rutgers game and, and beyond. And you could see what it did with the running game and the play action game, and you know it just it opened things up a little bit more just to have that threat. You couldn't put nine guys in the box against Iowa when they're uh, threatening going deep. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all moves forward. I think you have to feel a little bit better about things than you did uh, a week ago. Defensively, you feel great about everything, right? I mean, to, to pitch a shutout in that kind of a uh, in that kind of a game with that second half and how weird things were, and you could totally see why a team would give up some points there. 
uh, why a team would maybe be less motivated, why, I mean, they'd be exhausted, right? We were exhausted just watching the game. Think about getting yourself warmed up four or five different times in the course of an evening. And so, uh, you know, you feel great about how the defense played. Cooper DeGene, another great game, another interception, his second in as many games. And this kid is the next star for Iowa, Iowa's defense. Um, you know, we've had so many of them. They We seem to have a, a one or two at a time. Riley Moss, Jack Campbell right now, as I would say, Lucas Van Ness is playing himself into that role. Uh, but Cooper DeGene is a defensive player of the year in the Big Ten caliber player. He he is a star on the rise. He is everywhere. He's always in the right position. He's always making the right play. Uh, it's it's so much fun to, to watch him play, and it's going to be so much fun to watch him develop on this defense. And, you know, the defense isn't going anywhere. The depth on this defense is incredible. We haven't even seen Xavier Wampa. Um, and, and so there's just it's it's so much fun. You know, Terry Roberts with the pick six that got called back. This defense is just they're they're killing it right now. And, and they're going to need to continue to do that because this offense is never going to be great, at least not this season, at least not with this quarterback and maybe not with this offensive coordinator, maybe not with this head coach. You're never going to have a high powered offense. You're never going to put 650 yards up on anybody. It doesn't matter if our incarnate word was able to do it last week. It doesn't matter if Georgia Southern and Oklahoma and every other team who plays Nebraska does it from now to Black Friday. You're not going to do that as an Iowa football team. Um you know, when I went up 14 nothing in this game, I tweeted something to the effect of this is essentially a blowout. And it, it is, right? I mean, if Iowa gets up by that much against a team that can't do anything offensively against this defense, I'm okay with kind of closing ranks a little bit and, and holding on for a win. As long as you hold on for that win and you don't put yourself in a bad position where you need Spencer Petras to come out and make a play because I'm not sure uh, he's capable of doing that often. He's done it a couple of times. Hats off to him, but not sure he's capable of doing that often. But you love the defense of what you saw to him. You love what you saw to Drew Stevens. Uh, Aaron Blom, you know, in a tough situation, just hasn't had many opportunities. But that that missed kick against Iowa State was certainly a big one. Again, in driving rain, in bad field position, uh, in a game where you had no business even being able to tie that. Uh, but Drew Stevens came out and looked good. And so he's, he's atop the depth chart now uh, moving forward. Feels like you've got two kickers that you feel good about, but maybe one that's going to uh, kind of rise uh, above the, the the rest. And if that's the case, if Drew Stevens is the kicker moving forward and he is solid, then you feel good about your special teams. You feel like that that third phase of the game is solidified. And now the big question is just the offense and the the, the defense and special teams are good enough that they're going to keep Iowa in a lot of games, and you're not going to need the offense to go out and win you a whole lot of games. Hopefully. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there are games out there for the winning. And so uh, I think overall you have to feel good about the game on, on Saturday. Again, it didn't, didn't alleviate all the issues. doesn't make you feel like this is a 10-win team. It doesn't make you feel like they're necessarily going to win the Big Ten West or anything like that. It certainly doesn't make you feel like you're going to compete with a team like Ohio State. But you can see a path forward where this becomes a, an average Iowa offense and they are able to uh, move the ball enough to score enough points to to keep to to hold on to the ball long enough, really, right? To to extend some drives, to eat some clock, and to do the type of things that Iowa offenses need to do to win games. And so, you know, no sweeping declarations here. No, everything is fixed. Um, but you feel better. 
you didn't see Alex Padilla on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Um, you saw most of the other backups. I'm okay with that. I've heard some some Hawkeye fans and some media people be pretty upset about that, and I, I get where they're coming from. If every other backup is going to see the field, why is Padilla? Are you really that stubborn? You're not going to put him in in a blowout game with three rain delays that take seven hours. You really just. But what would Alex Padilla have done? In the wee hours of Sunday morning, uh, other than just cause more uproar or cause more, you know, conversation out here in the world ab- about that position, he wasn't going to throw the ball. Uh, he was just going to hand the ball off. I guess he could have handed the ball off to Caleb Johnson on that long touchdown, but that that wouldn't have changed anything. It probably would have just stirred some stuff up. And so I'm okay with them not putting him out there now. If if they're down by a touchdown or two against Rutgers and they need they need a spark and Spencer Petras isn't providing that and the offense doesn't look good, I, I hope that they have the wherewithal to go to Alex Padilla, but I didn't think it was necessary in that game against Nevada, so I'm okay with that, although I do you know, get where you're coming from if you're on the other side of that. That's kind of the recap of that game. Uh, you know, Not a whole lot to take away from that, but you, you feel a little bit better about things, and now you move ahead. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So moving ahead, Big Ten play, here we go, right? There, there's no break now. Uh, everything is right here. You've got a game at Rutgers on Saturday night, a 6 o'clock kick. You feel like this is a game that you have to win if you're going to make some noise, right? If, if you're not going to be a bad team this year, if, if you're going to get to you know, beyond six wins to seven wins to compete for a Big Twin, Ten West title, all of these things, this is a game you need. This is a game you need. You need to go out there and look pretty good doing it. Uh, Rutgers is not a great team, but they are off to a 3-0 and start. They have two road wins. Uh, they've scored a good amount of points in one game. They played Wagner, scored 66 points. But outside of that, this is not a great offensive team. They beat Boston College 22-21, to and they beat Temple 16-14. to They had one offensive touchdown against Temple. They do not throw the ball well at all. Rutgers against Temple had 59 yards passing, 10 of 17 uh, completions for them, but just 59 yards passing. They were able to run the ball for 142 yards, um, which you should do against a team like Temple, a team that you you outsize. But uh, this is not a team that's going to threaten you a whole lot offensively, and so can you threaten them Offensively, Can you do something uh, to change things up on them? Can you score enough points? Can you score them early enough that you are able to kind of hold on again and, and win? Uh, Keegan Johnson is not listed on the depth chart uh, moving forward. And so we'll hear from Kirk Ferentz tomorrow afternoon. I'm sure he'll be asked uh, what the deal is with Keegan. It feels like him being out there would be a big part of, of this offense. You hope Brody Brecht and, and Spencer Petras can kind of figure out their chemistry thing. It was great to see Nico Regani out there. It was really nice to see Arlen Bruce adjust to that one ball uh, as needed. 
And so we'll see moving forward. But this is going to be a defensive slog. It's going to be another not pretty game. If you're looking for a high-scoring uh, offensive game, uh, you're not going to find it in Piscataway, New Jersey on Saturday night. The over-under that I saw uh, when first released was about 35-and-a-half. That's five fewer points than the over-under was in Iowa's game against Nevada. And that's as low as they come for the most part. And I think this game could be at like 21, and I would still hammer the under. Uh, 35 is not very many points, but these are two teams that don't score many points. They have a great punter, Rutgers does, as do we. Uh, They have a good defense, does Rutgers. And so this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to talk to um, a a Rutgers reporter uh, for the Opposition Research podcast here. Uh, I got Brian Fonseca lined up to join me. He uh, writes for New Jersey Advanced Media. Uh, If you don't follow him on Twitter, I would would say you should. But he's a good good Rutgers reporter. Uh, reporter, and so I'll get a nice inside look on our opposition research podcast on kind of what to expect uh, from Rutgers this weekend. But again, this is just a game that Iowa needs to go out and win, and their offense needs to show something. They need to continue to show improvement. Spencer Petrus needs to show some confidence, uh, continue to throw those balls down the field. Again, even if they don't complete, sometimes they turn into uh, into penalties and big penalties. Uh, sometimes they just open things up for Caleb Johnson or Gavin Williams or whoever the running back is in the running game or play-action passing, th- those sorts of things. You just got to... You have to show that you're a threat to throw the ball deep, and uh, Iowa was not able to do that, didn't even attempt to do that the first couple of games of the season, and they did on Saturday night. So continue to do that. Continue to put some wrinkles in on the offense. Uh, continue to keep, keep keep teams guessing, and you've got a good shot. But you, you do need to go win this game. You, you really, really do. This is a must-win in a lot of ways for this Iowa team uh, just to – kind of feel good about the season moving forward because then you've got Michigan coming to town. It's big noon game on Fox, an 11 a.m. kick inside Kinnick Stadium on October 1st. That's a big game. And so you have to come into that with some momentum. You really want to come into that 3-1 and one and feeling better. Again, you're never going to feel great about this offense. It's just not going to happen. Put that aside. But if you can feel great about the defense, you can feel great about special teams, and you can say our offense is enough – to score enough points to win a couple of games, then you feel good about that. and You'll, you'll feel good at coming out of Rutgers uh, with a win, kind of regardless of, of how it happens on Saturday night. But you need to get it. It's there for the taking. And again, on the Opposition Research Podcast this week, um, I'm excited to kind of learn more about this uh, Scarlet Knights team. So looking ahead, and you know, we talked about it last week a little bit. I tweeted something out Saturday afternoon as scores were were coming in from across the country that uh, this season is far from over. And if you think that Iowa's putrid offense uh, means that this season uh, can go nowhere, you haven't paid enough attention to what's happening in the Big Ten West. Big Ten West is not very good. Um, there, there are games. There are not just there are winnable games out there, and there are a lot of them. And so there's no reason to think. Now, I think you have to be pretty optimistic to think it's going to happen, but it is possible that Iowa not just competes but but can win the Big Ten West. Do you want to go to Indianapolis and get blown out by Ohio State? Yeah, of course you do. Yes. Yes, you want to be in that game. I know last December sucked against Michigan, and it'll suck this December again if, if that's the case, but 
you want to be there. You want to be in those games. Uh, you want to put yourself in a position. And I think Iowa has the capability of doing that. Again, assuming that the offense uh, continues to grow, the offensive line continues to get better, guys like Caleb Johnson uh, get more confidence, guys like Brody Brecht uh, get more confidence. It's it's just going to be it's going to be a long slog of a season uh, offensively, but the defense and special teams are good enough that you're going to be in almost every game. And if you're in the game, you can win the game. And especially against teams that aren't very good or teams that find ways to lose. And some of those teams reside in the Big Ten West. Minnesota's the only team in the Big Ten West without a loss. That was the case last week, too. Through two weeks, they were the only team without a loss. They have three wins and three blowout wins, and they look pretty good. But they haven't played anybody. They haven't been tested. It's going to be interesting to see how they do this week. They lost Chris Altman-Bell. Sucks for them. It really does. And it, that's too bad. Sucks for him. You don't want that to happen to anybody that's a sixth-year player who has had some injury issues and is a really good receiver. But you know, what are they going to look like without him? How are they going to recover from that? What are they going to look like you know, when, they, when they do come to play Iowa? Uh, or rather, when Iowa goes to play them, you know, in the middle of November, this is can be a completely different season for both teams by then. But they look like the class of the Big Ten West right now, um, and it's mostly because they haven't played anybody. Wisconsin, after that loss to Washington State, came back in a big way with a win over New Mexico State, which is a terrible team, sixty-six to seven. Wisconsin won, and they're always going to be tough. So you feel like Wisconsin's certainly going to be a factor. Uh, you, you don't feel great about your game against Purdue just because of the way that Jeff Brom has that team geared up for Iowa, the way he schemes against Iowa, and the way Iowa doesn't adjust to that scheme, it seems, any in any given year. So I've got that, that game chalked up as a loss. Uh, I have all season. I did in the preseason. But Purdue does not look very good. Uh, they look capable. They kind of look like, like Nebraska did a year ago, right, where they're going to be in close games. There's going to be a bunch of games you think they should win. And then they find a way to lose. Uh, their loss to Syracuse the other day was just like that. Um, they their loss to Penn State was was kind of like that. They just they they don't seem to have that thing, uh, and so they're one and two on the season. Nebraska is terrible, and you thought there was a chance, and maybe there still is, that the firing of, of Scott Frost would would make a change in the Nebraska program, even within this season. Yeah, I talked about this a week ago. Like, hey, they're they're not giving up on the season. They fired their coach because they know there's still games to be won out there, and, and if they make that change now, they can turn the page. Well, that page turning was tough. Um, they got smoked by Oklahoma, a good Oklahoma team, uh, but they fired their defensive coordinator in the, since then, and it, it feels like it's more likely that Nebraska goes downhill and is in shambles by Black Friday than it does that they figure something out, go uphill, and is as strong as they've been by Black Friday. So you feel good about that. Illinois, 2-1 and one on the season, you, you know. You feel okay about that game? I think with Iowa's defense, you should feel good about these games. Northwestern doesn't look very good. They're 1-2. and two. They lost to Duke. And then they lost this past weekend to Southern Illinois. That's a bad loss. And so, uh, again, once you, once Iowa gets there at the end of October, uh, home against Northwestern, you feel like their season is going to feel different than it did a couple of weeks ago in Dublin. And so, you know, there's just a lot of winnable games out there for Iowa. The, the Michigan game looks tough, but you have them at home. And anything can happen with Iowa's defense. The Ohio State game looks unwinnable. It just does. And, you know, I know 55-24, and, and I think there's a chance that something crazy happens and Iowa, you know, 
picks them off seven times and you know finds a way to, to gut out a win, but uh, you're not going to blow them out, and you're, you're probably going to get blown out. That's probably going to be a tough game. But there's no reason to think that Iowa can't beat Illinois at Illinois. There's no reason to think that Iowa can't beat this Purdue team at Purdue other than you know, the schemes. There's no reason to think Iowa shouldn't beat Northwestern and Nebraska at home. You get Wisconsin at home, that's going to be a tough game. But it, if, you know, they play the same style that, that we do. And so if you can find a way to just gut out a win there, you go to Minnesota and who knows what PJ Fleck has going on uh, in late November by then. And so there is a path for this team. It's not an obvious path. It's not something I would bet on. But there is a path for this team to, to make some noise, certainly in the Big Ten West. And if that's the case, then uh, that's all you can hope for. I put something out there again, and you know, I had a couple people say, well, who cares about the Big Ten West? Well, we do. That's all you care about. That's the first thing you care about. That's the first stated goal, win the division. And then you put yourself in a position to, to compete for a Big Ten championship. I don't know that I was going to get there. I'm being a little optimistic right now. We'll see how they look at Rutgers on Saturday night. That'll determine quite a bit. We'll see how they look at home against Michigan in a couple of weeks. But there is a path because this division is so bad and because Iowa's defense is so good. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to have an opposition research podcast for you here. In the next couple of days, we've got our Thursday night radio show on KXNO Radio in Des Moines. That's 106.3 on the FM dial and anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. We also post that as a podcast. Myself and Joe Schmuck will be talking there. And uh, I will hopefully have an instant reaction for you, assuming that the game on on Saturday night doesn't go seven hours. Uh, Then we've got you covered on all areas from all angles with Rob Howe and Rick Brown and John Bonacamp at HawkeyeNation.com. And give us a follow on social media as well. Well, I appreciate you listening and go Hawks.